I'm just going to speak uh, briefly today. You'll be pleased to know. Um, I was I was going to um, to talk about my grandmother and Graham. My grandmother passed away two weeks ago, and I was going to talk about the the power of a long and faithful life. Um, and the power of a long and faithful presence in one particular place and one particular community. Um, and what a striking witness that is in a world like ours, which is so much about change and transience. Um, but, um, and that would have been a pretty good talk, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, did you see what I did there? I kind of snuck it in, didn't I? Yeah. Um, and we kind of did that anyway, I think, um, this morning as we talked about Graham. Um, the, the problem this week was that um, as I thought about, as I was trying to think about Graham, um, the image of um, three-year-old Alan Kurdi kept coming into my head as well, that little Syrian, Kurdish-Syrian boy who was washed up on the beach in Turkey. And um, somehow I kept, I kept being pushed um, maybe by the Spirit of God, who knows, kept being pushed to somehow bring these two people together, uh, to bring Graham and Alan together. Um, and as I was thinking about it and, and looking at the Bible this week, I came across um, this passage in Leviticus, as you do. Um, Jess, can we have the Thanks. So I haven't edited at all. These two verses sit right next to each other. Um, Show respect to the aged. Honour the presence of an elder. Fear your God. I am God. When foreigners live with you in your land, don't take advantage of them. Treat foreigners the same as the native born. Love them like one of your own. Remember that you were once foreigners in Egypt. I am God, your God. And as I, I looked at this passage and I saw these two verses sitting alongside each other um, and I thought about um, Alan Kurdi and, and Graham Trotter, it occurred to me that, that old, the old and the refugee, the foreigner, are in a, a very similar place. That both groups are in a very vulnerable place. And so it is that God reminds Israel that both groups need to be treated with particular respect and particular love. Um, I actually read an an article a little while ago about um, the debate on why it is that human females live for a long time after menopause. Um, There's only actually two other mammals that, uh, that live for a long time after they are no longer capable of bearing children, and that's the orca and some other uh, breed of whale. Um, And apparently... (laughs) I'm not making any analogy there. (laughs) Apparently the orca mother (laughs) tends has to kind of look after her children, especially the males, until she's about 90, so... Good luck with that orca. But um, 
And the debate centres on what evolutionary purpose this can fulfil, that, that human females, that women live for so long after they are no longer capable, capable of bearing children. And there are lots of, um, lots of possible reasons, but um, I'm sure exactly the same question occurred to ancient cultures when food was scarce. What purpose do these old women serve? What purpose do these old men serve? Why are we still feeding them? And that question made the survival of old people in ancient cultures very precarious, I'm sure, at times. Um, And so that vulnerability of being old, um, the vulnerability of being a stranger in a strange land, um, it is clear that the God of the orphans, the God of the widows, wants us to treat those in a precarious place with enormous respect. But I, it also occurred to me that the, the two verses sit together like that for another reason, and that is because the old and the foreigner represent almost like the two dimensions of difference in life. The vertical dimension of age, you know, the very old and the very young, um, and the horizontal dimension of, um, of ethnicity, of culture, and the way that um, those who belong to a culture and a nation that is very different from us can, can threaten us. So there is a threat in that vertical difference, and there is a threat in that horizontal difference. We actually talked a bit about this um, on Friday night at a Gender and Empire fireside chat, which was fantastic as an aside. Um, And because of this difference, um, the old and the foreigner, the old and and the refugee um, can become invisible to us or even worse, can inspire fear in us or contempt. And that, again, is why here in Leviticus, the people of Israel are encouraged to show particular respect and love to the old and to the foreigner, and why they are reminded that they too were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. So, as we mourn um, Alan Kurdi today, and as we celebrate Graham Trotter, I guess I just want to make that very simple point um, that we desperately need now perhaps more than ever to be people who respect and love those who are different from us who genuinely see those who are different to us um, which, which is why it is so, so wonderful that we are celebrating you this morning Graham and acknowledging your place in this community in the past and in the present And I, I guess I also want to acknowledge that for some of us, because of our own personal histories, connecting with people that are much older than us and also connecting with people that are much younger than us um, can be hard if we have relationships with our own parents or grandparents um, or our own children and grandchildren that have broken down. This can be very hard. Uh, I, I myself was, was lucky to have parents and grandparents who 
not only loved me, but were pretty easy to love. Um, I think the other thing that can be a real danger with our perception of the old is that they, they become just one thing. Um, their particularity is lost as well. Um, and again, I was, I was lucky because the two grandparents that I had that lived into my adulthood, that they lived into their 90s, were very, very distinct and very, very particular. My dad's mum, who died two weeks ago, became more and more like the queen as she got older. Um, and she really settled into that kind of conservative family matriarch role. Whereas my mum's my dad, who died about six years ago at 93, became more and more subversive and more and more provocative as he got older. Um, he was living in this retirement village. He was like kind of the red under the bed in the, in the Anglican retirement village in Sydney. <laughs> they, didn't, they, didn't know, they didn't know who they were harbouring. Um, and I never, I never left his flat without a book by a liberal theologian in my hand um, in his lifelong attempt to cure me of my congenital Calvinism. Um, yeah, if you're up there, you're doing a pretty good job still. Um, but some of us have, just don't have that. Some of us have few, if any, positive relationships with, with much older and, and with much younger people. Um, and so it is easy to give up on the possibility of connection. Um, so I think that's why um, having a multi-generational church is such um, a wonderful thing to, be, to belong to. Uh, a place where there is the possibility of, of healing in this area. Um, of kind of, you know, re-parenting, re-grandparenting, re-grandchilding if that is a word, um, where we can make perhaps new healing connections with people that are older than us. And so I, I guess my, my prayer this morning is that we, we remain a multi-generational church as we, as we turn over a page, as we start a new page, as Graham said, that that, that page is a page that features um, not just a 20s and 30s community but uh, that we keep children here and that we keep older people here and that um, we keep honoring and respecting those who in our wild wider society are often um, invisible and that is true of course too for uh, for recent arrivals in our country from other nations, but also, of course, for the people that have been here the longest, uh, for the first people of this land. Um, and with that in mind, I wanted, to, I wanted to finish by playing a section of an interview I listened to recently with uh, the first Indigenous woman ordained in the Uniting Church in South Australia. Um, her name is Denise Champion. Um, I thought it was appropriate to give her the last word for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because um, everything that we have said today about the call to love and to respect and to see those that are different from us applies equally to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, of course. 
But secondly, because in a way, Graham represents the first people of this community, the, uh, the original custodians of this space, uh, with the rest of us being kind of successive waves of migration. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, if we, this is a little microcosm of our nation, then Graham is our first person. And um, so I thought it would be great to give the last word to, another, to a first person of this nation. Um, so Denise, who is an Adyamatna woman from the Flinders Ranges, in this section um, of the, the interview reads uh, her translation of the Magnificat. And then, again... Appropriately, she talks about um, her love and respect for her own mother and her own grandmother and her father and for the, for the generations above her um, who have shaped the person that she has become. Um, so I thought we would just listen to Denise as um, a way of finishing but also as a benediction for us today and then we can um, continue some informal celebration of Graham. So over to Denise. Denise, I'd love you to read for me a wonderful evocation of the Magnificat, which you have translated and sort of written in your own words. Can I ask you to uh, read it to us in Adnya Matna language and then in English? Yes, um, it's NAIDOC week in Port Augusta this week and uh, when I began our NAIDOC week address uh, in our uh, service, we gathered around the campfire. This was the very first thing that I read as well when uh, we had an ecumenical gathering, this uh, Magnificat, uh, which I was really taken with when I was doing studies in the book of Luke. I'll uh, love to do that now. My heart sings to God most high. My heart is happy. I am very happy. The Most High has seen me. I belong to the Most High. Others have asked, Who is this one? This one who is of no importance. Wait first. Arawatana Nalakana Witi Mutanka Nalakana Muda Mutankalu The Most High has done great things a big history the Most High has made The Most High's name is very great Arawatana Yulkaka Waranda Arawatana Yulkaka Yulka Waranda Nyanga the Most High feels very sad. The heart of the Most High is moved. The heart of the Most High is moved with sadness, with a very deep sadness. The Most High has given me his heart. Amen. How do you think your parents would view the ordination of their daughter? They would be very proud and very emotional, I think. 
I know my mum, uh, the faith, she was one of the foremothers of our faith, my faith. Uh, and there are, were the many, many uh, Adnyamatna women who, and it's a legacy of the missionaries from Nipabana days when the Christian gospel was taught. They received the words of faith and passed it on down to me and my sisters and my family. For them, there is a sense, for them, a sense of achievement. I'm not the person I am without um, ever hearing their wisdom and ever sitting at their feet. And uh, my dad, too, he was a very strong the man. He nurtured and cared for us in a very caring way. I know it's a phrase that people say, but I know that they would be smiling down on us from heaven. So, yeah, I think that they would be very proud. Well, I think we've all got... So thank you. Um, in a somewhat bitter irony, given that this is a, <laughs> a week to celebrate Graham, we haven't taken the offertory. Um, so what we might do is just leave, we'll leave the bags up here and if you would like to, uh, to give this week, maybe just you can just come up and put some money into the bags up here as you make your way over to uh, have a piece of that amazing cake. Um, so thanks. Thank you so much for coming today. God bless you.